0: <laughs> What's up, ladies and gentlemen, Jack Thomas here with another exciting episode of Howling Talk Radio, my show where I bring you commentary, memes, and humor from around the world. Our first story today is going to be an update to a previous story we ran. You see last week, we talked about Soldier Boy and his knockoff game consoles. Well, this week, it seems that we have an update to the Soldier Boy story. you see. Soldier Boy has been making the rounds ever since his first console went down and the release of his second one, the Soldier Game Portable or whatever it was, the PSP Vita ripoff that he did. It was originally speculated on that Soldier Boy was being sued by Nintendo, but there was no actual evidence of this occurring. Well, this previous week on The Breakfast Club, Soldier Boy, when asked directly about it, said that his lawyers told him he's not allowed to talk about it and then, in the same breath, says that the games were licensed. Well, if they were licensed, you wouldn't have attorneys on retainer telling you you can't talk about it. So at this point, it's becoming fairly obvious that Soldier Boy is, in fact, being sued by Nintendo. The next thing to mention is when he was asked why it was pulled down from his website, Soldier Boy says that the console, the original console, wasn't pulled down. In fact, it sold out. Yes, that's right. The console wasn't pulled down, it sold out, and instead of just leaving it up there with a sold out, more coming soon, he pulled it down from his website of his own accord. This flies directly in the face of his tweet about how someone had to make boss moves and make decisions. And it's funny because if you watch the video of The Breakfast Club, of this interview taking place, you can see that even the people who host it, who want more than anything to believe Soldier Boy, knows that he's lying. Well, we've got more than just that update. You see, now Soldier Boy also says that the next console he releases will have Fortnite on it. Fortnite is made by Epic Games, and Epic Games himself has said, no, this isn't going to happen. We're not going to license to Soldier Boy. We're not going to license to his knockoff Chinese console, and there's no way you can run an emulator on it because it's an online-only game that requires an anti-cheat method. So for those of you who don't know, online games tend to have anti-cheat in them. And what anti-cheat is, is basically you can't cheat, All right, Like, I know, I know it sounds stupid, but it's true. Anti-cheat methods are there to make sure that every copy of the game is a licensed copy of the game that was purchased and that goes through all the same little backgrounds there. That way somebody doesn't come up with a pirated version that gives them unlimited health or unlimited ammo or whatever have you. So, Soldier Boy is still lying. He's still saying that his console sold out. He's saying he's not being sued, that the games are being licensed, but he's not allowed to talk about it because of his attorney. And then on top of that, he's also turning around and saying, oh, well, yeah, my next console's going to have Fortnite on it, even though the people at Epic Games say it's not going to. And then tries to pull the race card in all of this, which is just amazing. He says that, you know, oh, it's the white people at Microsoft who have a problem with me, and then he said it was the white people at Sony who had a problem with him, I guess not realizing that Sony is, in fact, a Japanese company. But you see, last time I was gonna give Soldier Boy a little bit of credit, because this time when he released his handheld console... He didn't say that it came with a whole bunch of games already downloaded on it. Well, I was wrong. He then, in the Breakfast Club, said it came with a whole bunch of games downloaded on it, and that it could play Kirby and Super Smash Brothers and all sorts of other stuff. Well, not long after that, um, he had to pull that console down from his website as well, and he said that he made like two hundred and eighty some odd thousand dollars in sales. But in the little video that he shows, he only has seven records of sales. So either he sold a bunch of overpriced ones to his rich friends, or he's showing seven sales that AliExpress sold him, not that he is selling out to everyone else. You see, he could have made seven bulk orders from AliExpress for his console, and then turns around and says, yeah, I, I made this in sales, Not real, you know, hoping that people don't realize that no, he actually paid that for the bulk orders. But it gets better. During all this controversy when he says his console's not a knockoff and everybody I mean everybody who knows anything about gaming knows that it is in fact a knockoff. It gets better because Ariana Grande releases a new song and in that song she kinda, you know, sounds and a little bit like some lines that Soldier Boy had used in one of his previous songs. He's then calling Ariana Grande a thief, says that she stole his intellectual property and that he's he's retweeting People who say, oh, yeah, well, he's about to get paid for suing her for copyright infringement. I swear to God, guys, if people knew what irony was, I would not have anything to talk about. Like, you're going to sue somebody for copyright infringement from, you know, possibly stealing bars. I'm not going to defend Ariana Grande. I'm not a fan of Ariana Grande by any stretch. But you're going you're gonna to turn around and sue her for supposedly stealing from you when your entire new shtick has been stealing from other companies and then playing the race card when you get called out on it. Like, it, it's perfect. It's, I don't think Soldier Boy could do more <laughs> to make this perfect and to give people stuff to talk about. He says he hates YouTube. He says he hates everybody on YouTube that has things to talk about, uh, specifically about him and his knockoff console, but then he continues to give us ammo of things to talk about. Where do we go from here? How does this get perfect? How does this peak out? I don't know, but I don't want to talk about this all episode. I just wanted to give you guys an update because I promised I'd give you all an update on the Soldier Boy situation. So there it is. I'll keep my eye out to see if any more consoles come out. It'll be interesting to see, one, how he, he tries to bounce back from the fact that he's blatantly lying to people not only is he lying to his fans but he's lying to literally everyone but that's that'll be interesting to see another thing that'll be interesting to see is if he does release a new console if it does have fortnite on it because then all hell's gonna break loose with epic games right because fortnite's like the biggest game out there right now and then when you know it inevitably doesn't have fortnite on it how is he going to walk that one back? Is he is he going to play the race card again? I, I look forward to seeing it. I hope you guys look forward to seeing it, and I will definitely keep you updated on the Chronicles of Soldier Boy and his big comeback as a master entrepreneur in 2019 with his watches, with his knockoff game consoles, and coming soon, his own social media site. How much do you want to bet? You heard it here first, folks. You heard it from Howling Jack T first. How much do you want to bet his personal self-created social media site is actually just a subreddit page on reddit you heard it here first so make sure when it does happen that you link everybody back to this video where i called it all right because i'm doing my nostradamus thing right now i'm calling it right now his social media site is going to be a subreddit that's my hot take for the uh the new soldier boy social media website <laughs> everybody's got their hot takes for now, right colin coward and uh Stephen A. Smith, and now Jack Thomas with Howling Talk Radio offers you his hot takes. (laughs) All right, let's move on to our next story. Now, our next two stories are things that I don't really want to cover. I don't want to get too deep into. I am going to offer my quick opinion, but it's really more food for thought for everybody out there. And so the first of these next two is the, the whole Gillette controversy, you see Gillette released a commercial recently called The Best Men Can Be, kind of based on their, their motto that, you know, Gillette razors are the best a man can get. And it dealt with the topic of toxic masculinity, and it outraged the people who are normally upset that other people are outraged. And, and it talked about, you know, well, it it tried to talk about toxic masculinity. And I'm I'm not going to get into toxic masculinity. I'm not going to get into my opinions of it. From an academic standpoint, I'm not going to get into my opinions of it from a personal standpoint. What I am going to bring up is whether you liked or you hated the Gillette commercial. I think it's a little ironic that a company putting out this ad about how men need to stop behaving a certain way, a company that makes razors for men puts out this ad while at the same time, to this day, right now, you can go to the store and check is selling the exact same razor and pink for women at a, like, three times higher price. So men everywhere, make sure you're listening. Gillette says, don't be toxic, but it's totally okay to charge women a toxic amount of money for the same product that we're selling you. This reminds me, when I was in college, it was brought up that some of the people that screamed the loudest about any particular topic whether it's the Republican who says that he's against homosexual marriage and then gets caught in a hotel with an underage boy. Or it can be the the equality activist who then it comes out, you know, the they stand strong with everybody. They say, me too, at all the right times. And then you find out they rape somebody. It tends to be the people that scream the loudest about topics like this that tend to have the biggest skeletons to hide in their closet. So it makes me wonder, what skeletons are hiding in Gillette's closet. But that's all I really want to cover with this is I just want to ask the questions involving, you know, is Gillette hypocritical here? Do do you think Gillette actually believes what they're spouting or are they just trying to do marketing and sell more razors? But I got to ask at the same time, like, have you ever seen American History X? If I'm Gillette, I'm trying to sell razors to those dudes. You know what I mean? Because like, Money's green. Money don't care who it comes from, and it doesn't discriminate who it's going to. And, you know, American History X and neo-Nazis like that, they are skinheads. They shave their head probably every day, so why don't you sell razors to them? (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. And the next piece of food for thought from your friendly neighborhood howling Jack Thomas, involves the recent incident that took place at the National Mall over the weekend. Now, over the weekend at the National Mall in Washington, D.C., there were a few protests and a few marches and a few movements. The The Women's March went on. At the same time that that went on, um, there was an Indigenous People's March, and of course, there was the March for Life, which was a anti-abortion, pro-life, depending on however your perspective is, March for um, ending abortion and overturning Roe versus Wade. Like I said, I'm not going to get into politics too much. What I do want to talk about is the video that's making the rounds where it seems that a young man in a Make America Great Again hat has somehow surrounded a Native American protester who is just singing his song and playing his drum. All I want to say about this is that what you're being fed through CNN or whatever is their perspective. It's not necessarily the truth. I'm not defending anybody. I'm not condemning anybody. But the full video is out there, and the things that led up to that moment are out there. And I just I ask everybody, before you form an opinion about that situation, don't form your opinion based on the sound clip that's going around and the quick video clip that's going around. Form your opinion based on the full video. It's a full two-hour video. And if you don't have time to watch the full video, at least watch, you know, the five to 10 minutes leading up to the clip that's going around. Like I said, I, I'm not going to get into this too much. I'm not going to condemn anybody. I'm not going to defend anybody. There are two sides to every story and video doesn't lie. So the video is out there. Video doesn't lie. Go give it a watch. Form your own opinion, whatever it may be, whether you, whether you condemn what the students did, whether you support what the students did, the video's out there. Just do a little research for yourself and don't necessarily believe a man in a suit on the television because he's a man in a suit on the television, all right? So let's go ahead and move into our next story, our actual story that I do want to discuss at length, and that is YouTube has updated the community guidelines and is now warning people that they're about to start banning even more videos after some recent events have in fact made the news. So what am I talking about? Well, YouTube released a new updated community guidelines, and I'm going to go ahead and read them to you real quick. They read, hi, everyone. YouTube's community guidelines set the rules for the road where we don't allow on YouTube and not only apply to all videos, but all content, including comments, thumbnails, links, posts, etc. right? YouTube says that they don't allow pornography, incitement to violent harassment or hate speech in any form on YouTube. They've, they've said this for quite a while now, ever since they were bought out by Google and I don't think they've ever allowed pornography. We rely on a combination of people and technology to flag inappropriate content and enforce these guidelines. Enforcement refers to actions that YouTube takes to uphold guidelines. For example, removing and issuing a strike for a video that violates policy. They've now introduced three new rules about guidelines. So the first one is custom thumbnails. Reminder. All custom thumbnails most follow our community guidelines. If you don't know what a thumbnail is, when you click on a YouTube video, that little picture that's next to the title of the video and it's normally bright and colorful, that is the thumbnail. Selecting a thumbnail that egregiously violates policy, i.e. containing pornography or graphic violence, now results in a community guidelines strike, even if the video does not violate our policy. And I'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who would argue against that, You can't put boobs in a video that's not about boobs, right? And you you can't show, you know, free boobs anyways. (laughs) Let's call them free boobs. That's what they are now. They're free boobs. If you want to see free boobs, you got to go over to like Pornhub or something. But you can't watch that on YouTube and you can't put that in your thumbnail. And I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. The next two are the big ones. External links. Reminder, all external sites you link to YouTube must follow our community guidelines. Adding links to external sites that violate our policies will now result in a guideline strike, and if you get 3 in 90 days, your account is terminated. So what does this mean? Well, if you are a content creator, picture yourself as a content creator. Now, picture yourself as a successful content creator, and you have a company that wants to sponsor you. If that company does something stupid that YouTube doesn't like, or that company is involved with, I don't know, porn, weapons, what have you, you are now going to be punished for accepting that sponsorship. And you might be asking yourself, well, of course, Jack, I would never let a porn company sponsor me. But if you're, I don't know, let's say you're a far-right conservative, and you do far-right conservative news on YouTube, and you take a sponsor from, I don't know, the NRA, something like that, You take a sponsorship from the NRA, and then YouTube and the NRA get into it. YouTube decides that the NRA doesn't meet their community guidelines. Well, now you're going to be punished for it, and they're going to go back through all those videos of yours, and they're going to find every time the NRA sponsored you, and if they find more than three, then your account will be terminated. And this goes the other way, too. You know, YouTube could easily decide that they don't like some company that promotes a a feminist social justice speaker, they could decide that that company violates their community guidelines because it practices hate speech or something else. And I'm not saying any of them do, I'm just saying it might. The point is, if you are a content creator, you are now on the hook for accepting sponsorships. Because if that company does something, it now reflects on you in the eyes of YouTube. Instead of just saying, yeah, I took this sponsorship because they paid, Nope. you are now morally tied to that company. Now, you might be asking yourself, where did this come from? Why did YouTube decide to add this rule? Well, I actually talked about this a few weeks ago. Jake Paul and RiceGum linked to Mystery Box or MysteryBrand.net. They did all sorts of videos promoting it. They got paid like crazy to promote these videos. And then there was a giant outrage around it because it was basically promoting gambling, and the demographics of both RiceGum and Jake Paul tend to skew young. You know, younger than legally allowed to gamble. So this looked like they were promoting gambling to children. This is why this rule is now coming out. This is to stop people like them. And I've mentioned it before, that small content creators, people who would be lucky to get a sponsorship, even if it was from a shady group, You know, their fans would know, oh, they're just doing this sponsorship to get paid. No one actually has to buy into this. Well, those small content creators with their cult-like followings are now being punished once again because Jake Paul and RiceGum and the YouTube favorites did something, but YouTube can't slap their hands. They have to slap everybody else's. And moving on to the third new guidelines change, Dangerous Challenges and Pranks. Reminder, content that encourages violence or dangerous activities that may result in serious physical harm, distress, or death violates our harmful and dangerous policy. So we're clarifying what this means for dangerous challenges and pranks. YouTube is home to many beloved viral challenges and pranks, but we need to make sure that what's funny doesn't cross the line in also being harmful or dangerous. We've updated our external guidelines to make it clear that we prohibit challenges presenting a risk of serious danger or death and pranks that make victims believe they're in serious physical danger or cause children to experience severe emotional distress. And if you're keeping track, if you pay attention to what goes on on the Internet, you already know what this is about. This is about the Bird Box Challenge. Because Jake Paul did a video where he did the Bird Box Challenge, which was blindfolding yourself and trying to get around with your daily life. He did a video on this that was supposed to last 24 hours, and in that video, he wandered out into traffic. I actually talked about this last week. He also drove his car while blindfolded, and YouTube apparently took down the video, but I'm still able to find it, so maybe it was just re-uploaded, maybe it it had that part of it removed. And then shortly after that video came out, a young woman in Utah crashed her car doing the bird box challenge. I said last week that there's no proof at all that connects Jake Paul and his bird box challenge to her and her eventual crash doing the same challenge. That being said, that's not saying that Jake Paul didn't influence it. There's just no proof that he did. And I'm not going to say he did when there's no evidence of that. YouTube, on the other hand, isn't going to play Wait and See, so my guess is they just decided that there is a link between the two, and they've now banned this. All of this goes to my point, and the point that I've been trying to make you know, this week, the point I tried to make last week, and that is small content creators get punished for what bigger content creators do, because you can't exactly punish Jake Paul. What are you going to do? Are you going to demonetize him? You can't demonetize him. He brings in millions of views. And YouTube's algorithm also, once you've demonetized somebody, they stop, getting, they stop showing up in the algorithm. They stop showing up in suggested search bars. So they're not going to demonetize Jake Paul. They're not going to demonetize Logan Paul. They're not going to demonetize RiceGum. And on top of that, these guys, they sell merch. They have sponsorships. You're not, you're not going to hurt them the, the same way that you would hope if you are YouTube. So the only thing they can do to show, you know, and pretend that they care is to just ban it altogether from their platform, which, you know, the only people actually going to be affected by this are, of course, small content creators, because larger content creators and especially mainstream people get away with everything on YouTube. And a perfect example of this, in case you don't like Jake Paul or you don't like Logan Paul or you don't like Ricegum or you don't know who any of these people are, an amazing example of this is the Jimmy Kimmel Parkland shooting thing. You're not allowed to run ads on YouTube exploiting something that is a major tragic event. So during the Parkland shooting, anybody who talked about the Parkland shooting wasn't able to run ads on their videos. And whether you agree with that or not, that's that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is the fact that Jimmy Kimmel ran ads on that video when no one else was allowed to. And when it was brought up to YouTube, YouTube said, You know, he puts it on YouTube himself because he has a deal with advertisers outside of YouTube, so it's okay for him to do. But God forbid you're an actual, you know, YouTuber or a podcaster or an internet radio host, whatever you are, you're not big, you're not mainstream, you ain't running ads. Hell, Philip DeFranco talked about how he can't run ads on it. I don't think he would want to, but he said himself if he wanted to try to run ads on a video like that, it would just never fly with YouTube. And getting back to the new message about community guidelines in general, at the end of their message, YouTube says, we know transparent communication is important, so we're announcing these changes today alongside a, quote, grace period to allow time to review the updates and make changes to your content. And the following two months, as we ramp up enforcement, content that violates our guidelines related to custom thumbnails, external links, challenges, and pranks will be removed but the channel will not receive a strike. Content that was posted prior to these enforcement updates may be removed, but will not receive a strike. There's a few things about this I want to bring up. The first thing I want to bring up is, as far as the custom thumbnails things go, if you type trending, not go to the trending tab on YouTube, but if you type trending, you will be bombarded with thumbnail after thumbnail after thumbnail promoting a Nigerian movie, and in those thumbnails for this Nigerian movie, people are blatantly having sex. They have been up there for over a year, and YouTube has done nothing about it, and I think they may still be up, unless I made enough noise about this on Twitter, which I don't think I did because YouTube never responded to me when I called them out for it, but I'll just go ahead and Pop that picture right up there on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see all the thumbnails for this video that YouTube has done absolutely nothing about as up to the time of me recording this. So that's the first thing. The second thing is they mentioned that videos that have this content already will not receive a strike, but the video may be removed and you're going to be given a grace period to determine if your content fits these new rules. No grace period was given to Mumkey Jones before he was banned from YouTube for uploading videos making fun of Elliot Rogers, the school shooter. No grace period was ever given to Bay Shaman when he talked about school shooters and incels before he was demonetized and was ultimately worried he would eventually be banned from YouTube as well. Is YouTube doing this? Are they making an ex post facto decision to justify their behavior towards people like Mumkey Jones, towards content creators like Bay Shaman, and cover their butts, so to speak, when it comes to people like Jake Paul, Ricegum, Logan Paul, the big protected YouTube class. YouTube, it seems, is actively running off the majority of their actual content creators in favor of this protected class. It seems as if YouTube is getting away from what it was founded on, because it was founded on everybody can make a video, you can talk about whatever you want, and you can respond to people. There's a debate to be had, there's discussions to be had, there's commentary to be had. YouTube is moving away from that. YouTube is moving towards its own almost streaming service like Netflix or Hulu where they're going to promote people. The people they promote are people they decide are safe and everybody else, you can dream of being like them and you can try your hardest and you can do everything right, but because nobody actually knows what the rules are. If YouTube decides that they don't like you, you're gone and it gives you this this hope that you can obtain this kind of YouTuber status like Jake Paul like Logan Paul, like RiceGum, like the people that YouTube promotes. And so the, the next question is, what do we do? Um, if you want to be a content creator, if you want to be, you want to make stuff, what do you do? Do you deal with the new rules? Do you find somewhere to go? We've talked about in the past how it doesn't seem like there's a lot of places you can go. So that's why I, aside from just uploading my videos directly to YouTube, there's always an audio-friendly and an audio-only version you can listen to on Anchor FM and most likely your favorite podcasting app. I'm even up on iTunes now. And I'm also going to start uploading my videos to this new website called Vanillo. Mumkey Jones has already made his way over to Vanillo. A lot of other content creators are backing up their content over on Vanillo. You know, hopefully it can be an alternative to YouTube, but even if it's not, it's a good place to store your content as of right now. And it seems like the vanilla PR people really want content creators to come to their platform and they're promising that they're going to take care of people. They're not going to start banning stuff and banning people left and right. So if it looks like a good alternative, I think I'm going to start uploading over there as well, just as a backup in case I ever go down. And if you're a content creator, you might think about uploading over there as well. I know that they're experiencing some issues right now with emails, uh, verification, and all sorts of other stuff. They're they're young. They're a small platform. You got to give them a little bit of time to see if they're going to get through their growing pains successfully or not. But yeah, that's where I'm going to go ahead and end it today as far as the YouTube new guidelines go. And the final story I want to cover today involves my alma mater, the University of Oklahoma. Over the weekend, a video surfaced in which a sorority girl was shown to be wearing black paint on her face and during this video made a comment using a racial slur. One, I'm talking about this because it's unacceptable. There's, it's just something you don't do at all and you sure as hell don't turn around and put it on Snapchat. And the other thing is, One, I I mentioned I went to the University of Oklahoma. I graduated from the University of Oklahoma. OU has a history of this. If you guys will recall, a few years ago, there was the incident with Sigma Alpha Epsilon. So for those of you who don't remember, SAE, Sigma Alpha Epsilon, was caught on video doing a racist chant on a charter bus. The students involved in the video were expelled and SAE was completely removed from the university. There was a giant backlash, and OU, along with the Greek community as a whole, Greek meaning fraternity sorority, the Greek community as a whole had egg on its face. So people are calling for the expulsion of these, these young women, one featured in the video, one who took the video, and you can hear her speak as well. I believe those are the same people. The question becomes whether we actually expel these people or not. You see, the students involved in the SAE incident, they were expelled. But it's a little bit different when you're part of an organization and you do something as an organization that can end up in your expulsion. You see, SAE was doing an SAE event on a, on a charter bus when this happened. This girl in this video was apparently, I, I don't know exactly what she was doing. It looked like she was in her own home. Now, will these girls end up leaving the school? Absolutely. There's, there's no way they can stay. But do you expel someone? for this because they are protected under the first amendment of the constitution. And anybody who says, well, that means that the government can't do anything to you. Yeah. But the university of Oklahoma is a public institution. They take money from the federal government. Therefore they have to abide by the same rules as the federal government. You don't supersede the constitution when you take money from the government. It just doesn't work that way. The SAE kids being kicked out, they had, they were doing something during an organization. They had, you know, to be part of a Greek community, you have to sign waivers. And to do Greek events, you can't do anything that looks bad on the school. It's why, it's why the Greek community can be punished when hazing happens or when alcohol abuse happens or anything else like that. But you can't necessarily punish an individual member of the Greek community for doing something in their own time. And I'm not really here to stick up for the girl. I don't think she should be there. But I do think that this should be a learning moment. I'm not sure that expelling someone for something as ignorant as racism from a place that is a place of higher education is necessarily the right call. Make her take diversity classes. Make her do community service. Expulsion, I'm not necessarily sure I agree with that because how do you learn when people just shout at you, when people just demand that your life be ruined? You don't really learn from that. You learn from having people sit down and talk to you and say, this wasn't right. Don't do this again. Look at the people you're hurting. Go do community service with the groups of people that you're hurting. This type of behavior isn't acceptable. When you see it with your own eyes, it makes a better impact than just people yelling at you, that's not okay, get out of town. But people like to bring up the SAE incident in comparison to this. And while there are differences and there are similarities, the thing that I noticed during the SAE incident when I was attending the University of Oklahoma was the Joe Mixon incident happened at the same time. And I always thought that the response to those two incidents happening just a few months apart from each other was astonishing by the university. Now, if you don't know who Joe Mixon is, he's a professional football player. He's a running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. He was a five-star running back recruited out of high school to go to the University of Oklahoma. And his freshman year, before he ever saw the field, he punched a woman in the face at a place called Pickleman's. It's a little pizza and beer place right off of campus. He punched a woman in the face there and broke her face in multiple places. And there's been a lot of talk about what instigated the fight, whether he was using homosexual slurs, whether the girl he punched used a racial slur. One way or another, a six foot one, 200 and some odd pound dude punched a five foot one girl in the face and broke her skull in multiple places. Joe Mixon wasn't expelled for this, for an actual physical act of violence. He was put on academic probation and he was suspended from the team for a year. He did not lose his scholarship. He was able to redshirt for that year, so he didn't even lose a year of eligibility. He literally just couldn't play football for his first year. Six months later, the SAE incident happens, and they throw those kids off of campus, and it always left me with the question, can you use physical violence in college and get a year suspension? How is that equivalent to expelling kids for a racist chant? I've always wondered about that, because if I was a woman at OU, during this time period. To me, the message that would have been sent loud and clear is it's okay to assault somebody if they're a woman, but it's not okay to yell a racist chant. And it's not okay to yell a racist chant, and it's not okay to assault a woman, and I didn't want Joe Mixon expelled. I'm a firm believer in second chances. Very, very firm believer in second chances. I think Joe deserved a second chance, and I still think that some of those SAE kids, instead of being expelled and run out of town, should have been, much like I recommended with this, this current incident, That they'd be forced to do community service with these groups that they felt the need to stigmatize so they can see the actual damage that they've done. Because when you put a face behind a concept, it becomes real. And once it's a real person and you know it's a real person that you're talking to, that you are way less likely at that point to repeat the same kind of behavior. But that's all I've got for today. So I want to know what you all think. Like I said, tweet me your responses and how you feel about all these situations. At Howling Jack T on Twitter. And until next time, this has been Howling Talk Radio with Jack Thomas, and I'll talk to you next week.